Hi everyone. Welcome back to Leaving Footprints. This is Ankit. And this is Mira. Thank you for joining us this week. Um so I actually wanted to announce that we have just reached 100 followers on Instagram. So thank you everyone who's followed us on there and subscribed on all our platforms. So this is really huge for us because we're just starting out our podcast journeys and we hope that what we're bringing out to you guys is helpful and that you're uh enjoying the tips and advice on our IG and also the content of our podcast. Um also feel free to reach out to us on any of the platforms if you want to hear from anyone specific or you want to know more about a specific topic. And again, thank you so much again. We we're looking forward to continuing to bring relevant content for all you guys. Yeah. So kind of going back to today's episode, a lot of our listeners are kind of aiming to enter into the field of medical sciences and hoping to become doctors in the future. And a huge component of that is going to medical school. Today we actually have someone who goes to medical school at the moment um whose name is Shalini Agarwal she graduated from UCI in 2019 Shalini was on my dance team with me and she worked extremely hard to get into medical school and i'm sure today's conversation is going to be really useful for anyone hoping to join med school someday she has a lot of insight into how to work around things and just kind of keep your uh, manage your time really well so welcome Shalini yeah thank you so much for having me i'm really excited to be here Yeah so i think we can just start off can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself Yeah so i grew up in Palos Verdes which is a small little town in southern california and i stayed local um as you said i went to UC Irvine for undergrad and i graduated with a biology degree and i was on the dance team with Ankit UCI Zamana so like he said it was a little bit difficult to manage um you know my studies as well as dancing and other hobbies i had um along with the volunteering which is like a big part of getting into mm-hmm. medical school Um but then I uh took a gap year and I worked as a medical assistant and now I'm here at Western University as a first year DO student. Um and a lot of people don't know what DO versus MD means but maybe we can talk about that a little bit later as well. Yeah. Yeah, um first my first question is uh so what made you want to pursue a profession uh sorry what made you want to pursue this profession? So basically I as I was growing up I always had an interest in helping people. and i didn't really know what avenue to take with that but um i started volunteering in high school at the hospital and then in college i was really interested in volunteering at free clinics and the underserved community mm-hmm. and my sister was actually diagnosed with something called ulcerative colitis which is a uh, inflammatory bowel disease of the gut mm-hmm. and it was a chronic illness it really just kind of um i guess solidified my interest in going into medicine because i wanted to help people with chronic illnesses and um actually later i was also diagnosed with ulcerative colitis and so i deal with that myself now and so it's really i guess enlightening to um see the patient perspective and also the medical perspective so i think the combination of just the patient side and the doctor side and seeing how much they helped our family mm-hmm. um really made me pursue medicine that's actually really inspiring to hear that i mean you you want to help out people and i think especially in today's world with everything covid our real heroes have actually been all the nurses and doctors kind of helping people around and and kind of just keeping them going because this pandemic has been really hard and mm-hmm. i think the doctors and nurses are our heroes in this case so you you spoke a little bit about like how you got inspired by your sister like when she was diagnosed and everything do you have any other significant influences in your life which kind of influenced you to be, like hopefully become a doctor yeah so actually homeopathy growing up was huge and My great grandpa was a homeopath and a freedom fighter and so he was really inspiring to me. 
And I always heard stories about how he helped people in the underserved communities. And my parents are not doctors. So it was all hearing stories about how much doctors were um, kind of looked up to and how much they made a difference in the world for people who couldn't afford healthcare. And so that really inspired me, um, especially with my great grandpa to kind mm. of go into a healthcare field, but you know, homeopathy is not really popular in the United States. Yeah. And um, so I kind of turned to allopathy and that's my reasoning pretty much for going in besides just seeing how much the doctors helped us themselves. Yeah. Do you want to talk about a little bit, uh, as you spoke earlier about the difference between MD and DO? Yeah, so MD is your classic allopathic physician that most people know about. Um, you know, they prescribe medication based on the problem that they come in, uh, that a patient comes in with. So for example, um, let's just say Ankit, you came into the doctor's office with a headache. Well, mm-hmm. an MD doctor might, you know, figure out, okay, you have a headache, let's give you some medication to fix that. Right. Um, whereas a DO, um, doctor of osteopathic medicine, goes in and takes a more holistic approach. So we not only look at the headache itself, but we'll look at maybe stress factors that are causing the headache. We'll look at maybe how your work-life balance is. And we also do things called osteopathic manipulative medicine, okay. where we use our hands to actually treat the headache. So I would maybe massage your neck a little bit. I could crack your neck. You know how chiropractors do. Mm-hmm. We learn the same thing. Um, so it's that in conjunction with medication. So first I would try the holistic approach with the osteopathic manipulations. And if that doesn't work um, and stress factors are not reduced, then I would of course give you the medication. But MDs and DOs um, both go to a four-year medical school and then we both go to the same residencies. So we actually merge with the MDs for a residency and then we can do fellowships and, you know, DOs can be the same type of doctors as MDs, whether it's cardiology, GI, pediatrics, we can do all of that. Yeah, that's really cool. I think, uh, like going in in a holistic way for me, when you were saying that, it just makes me feel more comfortable. Like we're kind of trying all the options instead of just looking at a, a prescription or something like that. Right. Exactly. And then I actually had a question backtracking to earlier, you were mentioning how you did volunteering. So, um, I think, you know, like you don't necessarily have to be a doctor, you can volunteer to help other people. So can you talk a little bit more about your experience volunteering? And like, personally, I think more people need to volunteer in the world, including myself. So I would love to hear about your experiences with that. Yeah, so my first experience volunteering was actually in high school. Um, I joined a group called Las Hermanas, which was just a bunch of girls from my high school who kind of came together and we did good things for the community. It wasn't necessarily that we were interested in medicine, but mm-hmm. we did beach cleanups and we did, um, uh, we like made um, Christmas gifts for children in need and things like that, just small things mm-hmm. that would help the community. And that really sparked my interest for volunteering. And then I started volunteering at the hospital in the um, OBGYN department. So I was really passing out water and kind of helping out the moms who had just had babies who were in distress. And so I was like, wow, I really like the medical side of this. Mm -hmm. And so going into college, I started volunteering in a bunch of different ways. Um, First of all, I was volunteering at an underserved clinic. So I'd go there about once a week or couple times a month and we used to just have patients come in who couldn't afford health care mm-hmm. mostly the spanish-speaking population mm-hmm. and um, there were doctors from uci as well as medical students from uci who worked with us as undergrads um, and we just provided health care so that was really really enlightening and then one more thing i did was i started a club at uci that kind of combined my passion for dance and medicine mm-hmm. um, so i called it dance for life and we used to go to nursing homes 
uh, like in the Irvine area, I think we had two of them that we really were like, um, had a good relationship with. Mm -hmm. And we used to dance for the nursing home residents because a lot of them had dementia Mm -hmm. and a lot of them were bedridden. So they didn't really have an opportunity to be active, but our goal was to really just get them moving and have fun. So a lot of them would dance or play instruments while we were dancing, which was really nice. Yeah, that's really amazing. It's very, it's very inspiring. And like, it's a very important, um, I think like I think what we're trying to say is that it was extremely inspiring to hear that we are you you were taking the proactive effort to kind of help out people because a lot of people volunteer kind of just to get their hours up but I think we the way we like we can see you right now you can, it was definitely genuine and it was something which you wanted to do to help out people and you could do it professional as well so thank you for doing that and I think mm-hmm. it's a it's a really good inspiration for people who want to do that in the future as well. Yeah, of course. I think it's important that everyone volunteers in whatever way they can, whether it's just for their community or in a specific field that they're interested in. Yeah, so I think uh, let's let's talk a little bit about your med school experience now. So I think biosci itself is a very broad field for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. when people come to UCI, they kind of, and I know biosci is an extremely competitive major at UCI. Um, so can you talk a little bit about your experience uh, starting biosci over here? Yeah, so starting biosci, there were always a lot of Um, I think misconceptions that were going around where, oh, there's going to be a thousand people and half the class is going to get cut out from the biosci class. Um, But really, I felt like it was a collaborative environment um, at UCI, um, especially as a a biosci student, because there were a lot of other students who would help each other. Yeah. And so I really liked that support system in biosci. And, you know, the counselors were good. They always um, supported us in whatever way we needed and professors knew that a lot of us wanted to go into the like medical field or other fields of bioscience. And so they would really take the time to help us up our resume or look through our personal statements and things like that. So I just felt like UCI's biosci program in general was really collaborative. That's good to hear. That's, I think that's really good to hear. And for people who are applying to like uh, biosci over here, so it'll be really useful for them. Um, a huge component of actually applying to medical school is the MCAT. How has mm-hmm. that been for you? The MCAT was probably one of the most stressful times of my life. I took it twice, actually. So I took it once in September of my senior year, so September 2018. And then I Mm -hmm. took it once in April 2019. And I ended up the first time doing a Princeton review course. So uh, I bought the Princeton review course, kind of did the online version of it, and then took the MCAT in September. But I wasn't very content with my score. So I decided to study one more time and take it the second time. Um, So of course, it's like it makes people anxious and stressed. But I think really the key is just to realize that you're never going to feel ready for the MCAT. Um, You know, you're never going to fully learn everything you need to know. And it's more of a test taking strategy rather than knowing everything. Mm -hmm. So I think towards the end of my um, time taking it the second time, I realized like, wow, I was so stressed about learning all the information. But Really, it's just practice, practice, practice with the problems and getting the swing of what they're going to ask and how they're going to ask it. Kind of like the SAT, but a more intense version of it. So it was definitely stressful, but I think it's doable. And I recommend people take maybe three months to study like a summer. Um, But a lot of people do burn out, uh, which is what happened to me during Mm -hmm. the second time of studying, because you hit like a plateau of how much you're going to know and how well you're going to do. So I recommend just study hard for three months and take it one time if possible. Of course, take it twice if you need to, but I recommend no more than three times. 
Yeah, you kind of mentioned burnout. Like, can you talk a little bit more about how that and how you kind of dealt with like kind of coming back from that? Because it's hard to kind of get back up and start doing what you need to do again. Yeah. So luckily my timing for burnout was good because it was the end of my senior year. There wasn't really much studying to do at school. So I felt like I had a little bit of a break and I felt like a release, like Mm -hmm. all the stress was coming off of me. Right. Um, I also turned to meditation a lot during that time. And so it was nice to have that meditation, be around friends all the time and look forward to graduation as well as summer coming up. Um, So that was nice. And of course I had the med school application to do right Mm -hmm. after that because the med school application opens in May. So I really just took April off. I took it easy. Um, My birthday's in April. So I was able to Mm -hmm. celebrate and enjoy, took a month off to relax and just not worry about school or, you know, any studying. And then starting May, I just got back on it, wrote my personal statement and just, you know, got back into the swing of things slowly and meditation really helped. I think even mentioned earlier that you took a gap year. Uh, I think people don't realize that how useful a gap year can be for just like reviving and kind of keeping your work like alive and keeping the passion alive for what you want to do in the future as well. So can you talk a little bit about like how you made the best of your gap year? Because you said you were a medical assistant during the time. Mm-hmm. You want to talk right. About that? Yeah. So I think a lot of people have a misconception that taking a gap year or two gap years or even three is bad. But nowadays it's it's a norm. Like I think our average um, med school age for matriculation is around 26 or 27. And I matriculated when I was 23 into med school and I felt young. I feel like a lot of the students here are much older than me. And so I'm glad I took that gap year. I made that decision because I felt like I needed my senior year grades in order to boost that GPA and actually mm-hmm. get into medical school. I think my GPA boosted like quite a bit my senior year. And so, um, during my gap year, I decided I wanted to work in the medical field and start, you know, making a little bit of money to save up, as well as having more experience in the medical field. So I found a little urgent care that was by my house, um, privately owned by a physician. And usually to become a medical assistant, you have to take a certification class, which can take up to a couple months, but I didn't have time for that. So the doctor was willing to train me. And so he taught me how to do injections, blood work, Um, small office procedures and all kinds of tests, drug tests, urine tests, everything, taking vital signs. And Mm -hmm. so I thought it was a really good experience to really hone in on my clinical skills before I start med school. Because of course, um, the first two years of med school are clinical, preclinical. So we're doing all the studying, all the book work, Mm -hmm. but the third and fourth year are clinical. So I thought, well, if I could get a a heads up, um, head start on the clinical stuff, it would really benefit me. And it has, and I would recommend that anyone work in a clinical setting like that during their gap year. Um, And I also continued to volunteer at that free clinic I was telling you guys about, Mm -hmm. just because I felt like I wanted to keep giving back to the community while Mm -hmm. I made money and um, worked in the urgent care. Yeah. So I actually have a follow-up question. So it it seems like, you know, like from what I hear, med school is like very busy, like you're always go, go, go. And then hearing about your undergraduate, like you were a part of the dance team, you were volunteering. And then at, during your gap year, you were volunteering and working. So like, do you have any advice on how to do like, how to have like work-life balance and like, how is that going for you now? And just, do you have any tips for people who are maybe struggling with something like that? Yeah. So it's really all about time management and stopping mm-hmm. yourself when you need a break, because in the medical field and in the sciences, even in undergrad, there's always something to do for school or there's always more you can do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you, you have to realize you can't do everything. And so you have to pick and choose your battles, right? Yeah. 
-hmm. And so kind of how I coped with that was, okay, I have to study from eight to five, but from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to watch TV, I'm going to eat dinner, I'm going to spend time with my family, whatever it is. And then if I had to study, it would be from seven to 10. Mm -hmm. And I would cut myself off regardless of how much I got done or didn't get done. And that's just what you have to do in medical school too, because my schedule is crazy. We have class from eight to five every day. Mm -hmm. And because it's Zoom school, we get burned out just staring at a screen all day, as I'm sure you guys know as well. Um, that, that goes for any field, obviously, right now in COVID, but you really just have to cut yourself off when you need a break. Um, I have friends who just are volunteering and they're in clubs and they're on the board of clubs and they just don't stop. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very easy to burn out and go insane if you don't give yourself that break. So really just setting aside a certain number of hours or taking a day off on the weekend or just taking the full weekend to do something that is something self-care for you, whether that's watching a movie or having a, like a day with your friends or taking a nice warm bath, whatever that is, just take time for yourself when you need it. Yeah, I think that's really good advice that probably Mira and I should also take because <laughs> yeah. we both, I think, yeah, we both, I think we were just having this conversation uh, before the recording that it's our new, we just started our new semester yesterday and it's just like, it's just like a go, go, go because like we need to also take a break and kind of reflect on just like, how we need to relax and stuff but yeah I definitely I think that's a really mm-hmm. good advice kind of just balancing what's going on with us uh you spoke a little bit about like kind of navigating through school during this pandemic how has it been for you honestly it's been kind of tough because you know in medical school you expect before you come into medical school you think oh I'm gonna meet all these classmates and I'm mm-hmm. gonna have practice patients and you know, I'm going to be in a big lecture hall with all my classmates and meet my professors and make connections with the doctors and volunteer at clinics and mm-hmm. go out into the community and make a change. But we haven't been able to do any of that. Yeah. And so it's been really hard, first of all, to make connections with my, my peers, mm-hmm. my classmates, um, because there's no chance to interact, really, unless you reach out to somebody on social media and then become mm-hmm. friends. Um, so it's been really hard to meet my classmates. I still haven't met a significant number of them. And there's, I think, 250 of us. Um, and, you know, just also being on Zoom school all the time with anatomy lab, because another thing med students look forward to is going in and dissecting mm-hmm. the cadavers and, you know, seeing everything, touching all the different organs. And, you know, we switched to an online anatomy lab. So instead of going into the lab, we just look at pictures. And it's really not the same effect. Yeah. Um, Oddly enough, our grades in general have gone up compared to the previous year in terms of our tests as a class because the commute time and Mm -hmm. the stress of looking good and all of that has decreased. So we have more time to study. But I think that burnout increases because of that. Yeah. So it's been really tough and volunteering opportunities are just zero right now. Um, The only cool thing I've been doing is volunteering at the clinic here Mm -hmm. where we can actually give COVID vaccines. So I've been giving COVID vaccines to people and we just started going back in person. Um, We only got three weeks of in-person time and they rented out a big warehouse and we have to wear a face shield and an N95. I don't know if you can still see the marks on my face from today, but um, we only get to work with one partner, but it's been nice to just at least be around Mm -hmm. people and meet our professors and do all the clinical stuff, but I think overall it's been tough. 
I was going to say, I think it's really uh, admirable that you're still volunteering, even though like school hasn't really provided you with opportunities. Like I really like that. And giving vaccines, like that's the most important thing right now. So Yeah. Yeah. It feels nice to be like making a change, Mm -hmm. even though it's the pandemic and just like trying to get rid of the pandemic through volunteering is also like really, really um, a good experience, I think. Mm So uh, we, we actually didn't speak about this earlier, but do you have like a specialization in, in your mind which you kind of want to pursue? Uh, like once you kind of, uh, like you spoke about gynecology earlier and the pediatrics and stuff, what would you want to pursue later on? So it's kind of hard to say as a first year because I've only had experience in very few fields, um, mm-hmm. you know, in undergrad and in high school. But as of right now, um, you know, with my health condition that I got diagnosed with recently, as well as you know, just wanting to have a family personally for me, and I'm not saying other people can't do this because it's totally doable as a woman. It's totally doable regardless of what you have going on at home. Um, I personally think I want to go into primary care or um, like, for example, family medicine or internal medicine, just because first of all, I like working with a wide variety of problems. I don't want to just work with, you know, one type of problem because I think the whole body works together. Mm-hmm. And so if you learn about the whole body and you specialize in the entire body, I feel like, you know, you'll be able to diagnose more and you'll be able to treat more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that approach would be good for me. Family medicine works with kids and adults, which really appeals to me because I'm torn between pediatrics <laughs> and adult doctor, right? It's hard for me to be able to distinguish. And so if I'm able to learn about both, I think that could benefit me a lot. Um, And I have experience in family medicine when I worked at the urgent care as a medical assistant. And it was just so enlightening to be able to work with all kinds of populations. So primary care for now, but it could change when I go to rotations. I'm not too sure. Uh, Did the specialization play like any role when you were kind of applying, like your ideal specialization play any role when you were applying to med school? Yeah. So people say on your application, you know, don't specify what Um, specialization you want to go into just because you want to keep an open mind Mm -hmm. but something I'm sure of and I was sure of back then too is that I want to help people who I can see long term Mm -hmm. Um, for example I want to build a relationship I don't want to just you know do a surgery on a patient and then never see that patient again because Mm -hmm. I want to follow up with them I want to make sure that they're Mm -hmm. exercising and reducing their stress and having a good lifestyle as well as being their doctor So I think being a companion to them and forming a relationship is really important. So I call it like chronic care. Um, Doesn't necessarily mean chronic illness, but just being able to see the patient over and over and over, which I guess aligns very well with primary care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the fact that if you're more comfortable, going to the doctor is kind of overwhelming because you're always kind of like, okay, am I okay? So having a relationship with the person who's treating you is something which is essential. And I think that's a really good thought that kind of building a relationship with your doctor uh, will help out in kind of reducing the stress of going to the hospital or clinic and just getting treated properly. Exactly. And I think a lot of people have trust issues with certain physicians, especially underserved communities where they Mm -hmm. don't necessarily have that much access to healthcare and they don't trust the healthcare system. And so if you see the same doctor over and over, you start to build that friendship with them. And right. so you're more willing to tell them what's going on in your life. So. so do you have any advice? I mean, you already spoke about this earlier, but do you have any advice in terms of uh, like applying to med school and like what certain things to keep in mind when you're applying? Yeah. So 
first of all, um, a lot of people don't know this, but there's a separate application for MD and separate application for DO. Um, a lot of people apply to both and the activity sections on both are a little bit different. So there's a different character count and stuff like that just to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of things that are really important to do are to make sure you fill out every single um, section of the application, even if it's one activity. For example, there's a section for shadowing, there's a section for healthcare volunteering, there's a section for non-healthcare volunteering. And so you wanna have at least one activity for each of those sections. Um, research is really important. I did research in undergrad. And so that's another category on there that you wanna fill. And if you can get a publication, that's amazing. Not needed, but it's just a cherry on top. Mm -hmm. So I think really just showing the admissions committees that you have a passion for medicine and showing them what experiences you've had to develop that passion. And, you know, I say the top two things are MCAT and grades. And, you know, obviously you want to have a high GPA. Obviously you want to have as best of an MCAT as you can get. Because when you're applying, some schools will screen you out if you don't meet their quotas for that. Right. So I know some schools have like a 3.5 cutoff, some have a 3.2 cutoff for GPA and others have like an MCAT cutoff. So, you know, focus on school and, and focus on the MCAT. But clinical is going to be really important when you're talking um, to the people in your interviews, because once you pass the screening for your grades and your MCAT, they're going to ask um, they're, they're not going to have access to your file. They're going to want to know what made you want to be a doctor. They're going to want to know what fueled your passion and what experiences you've had and what you've learned from them. So from every single experience you've had, make sure that you know what your takeaways were from that. What did you learn? What did you gain? Mm -hmm. What did you do for the community? It's really important. Sure. I wanted to ask uh, if you could talk more about your interviews and like how those went for you and how you prepared and like the stress levels that you might have felt during that? Yeah, so I feel like to prepare for my interviews, I read a book. Um, I can't remember what it's called now. I think it was like the playbook of medical interviews or something like that. I just purchased it on Amazon, mm -hmm. written by an MD. And um, there were a lot of practice questions on what they're gonna ask. So most schools are gonna ask you, why medicine? Tell me about yourself and why us? Like, why did you choose our school? Um, so something that I always like to tell people is the school is interviewing you, but you're also interviewing the school. It's like a two-way street and you want to make sure you both will mesh well together. Mm -hmm. um, so for me during interviews, I really just practiced in the mirror. I recited things to myself over and over, things I knew that were going to be asked. And I also did practice interviews with medical students and physicians who kind of know a lot about the um, interview process. Mm -hmm. And obviously I wasn't gonna know every question ahead of time, but you start to get in the habit of answering questions on the fly mm -hmm. right. and just taking the time to think about your answers. Um, so a lot of people during the interview will start to babble or you know, say long sentences mm -hmm. that they don't need to say. So I recommended um, always taking a deep breath before answering every question and just thinking it through. And obviously the interviews, they just want you to be yourself. So I tried my best not to freak out too much. And of course the anxiety kicked in mm -hmm. um, right before the real one. But the more you practice ahead of time, just answering questions and talking to different people, you're going to learn um, how you speak and how you ex best express yourself. And the, the only person who knows you the best is you. Mm -hmm. So you really just have to be yourself. And I think the admissions committee will see that you're genuine when you do that. I think that's really good advice. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say that. 
so we spoke about like getting into med school so like now that you are in med school how has the experience been in terms of uh just like is it more com- because getting into med school is a really competitive process like giving the mcat as you said and the grades and everything so once you are in med school how is the like environment of being competitive as you, is it like collaborative like was it in undergrad or is it kind of different so here we're not graded against each other um and we're based on a pass fail system so okay. Grades don't really matter much in comparison to other people. You really just want to be average. You mm-hmm. your goal here is to pass. Mm-hmm. Um once you're in medical school, you've already defeated the hardest challenge. And so I feel like it's a very collaborative environment. Obviously, like I said before with Zoom, it's been really tough to be collaborative with my classmates, but um everybody shares their resources. We even have a page for our Anki cards. Um and so we share our flashcards with each other to help and you know if there if anybody has a question you know we have a facebook page we have chats everybody's willing to help because by teaching others you're teaching yourself mm-hmm. and so nobody's really competitive with each other of course we're going to have our few gunners right <laughs> and um they're always going to want to do better than everybody else but for the most part i think that everybody's very collaborative here and it is a challenge i've had imposter syndrome for like a while now because I'm like why am I here everyone's so much smarter and then you get your grade back and you realize wow like I really am just as smart as my peers like I belong here and you start to learn that you got in for a reason and they wouldn't have picked you unless you belonged here so I think it's just a a mindset that you have to get over uh, at least for me it was when I first started I was like this is crazy it's so difficult I don't know how to do class from 8 to 5 every single day plus you know study at night mm-hmm. um because I end up studying 12 hours a day sometimes and that's like bare minimum. So, it's just a mindset to get over and you have to push through. And honestly, you don't really know how to study until you hit like med school. Yeah. I don't study how I studied in undergrad and everyone says that and you're like, "No, I I know how to study from undergrad, but really I did not know how to study in undergrad." Yeah, I wanted to say two things. Like I really appreciate that you mentioned it's collaborative. I don't know much about the med field and how school works and I always imagined it's very competitive and like everybody's just against each other. So I really like that it's a collaborative environment. And you mentioned even at Irvine it was collaborative with your bioscience major. But yeah, so I think thank you so much for like taking your time for talking. I think it's a really good advice for everyone kind of applying to med school and hoping to become a doctor in the future. Uh, do you have any like uh, advice which you want to give before we kind of wrap up? I think um the main piece of advice I have is just don't stress too much because I definitely did and it took a toll on my health it took a toll on my mindset and I just think be authentic with yourself and push through and you're going to get through it um grades are not everything yes they matter but don't kill yourself over it because there's so much more in life and you know I just think it's important to have a good work life balance and med schools will see that you have a passion for medical school and to be a physician like if you're meant to be there you will be there regardless where can our listeners reach out to you if they want like more advice in the process and everything yeah so you can always friend me on facebook um shalini agrawal or my instagram handle is at shalini underscore 410 um you can also email me at agrawals97 at gmail.com i'm I'm super available usually to talk or like, you know, email back and forth. I might not reply right away because of my schedule, but I'm always willing to talk to anybody and I in fact um have been helping pre-meds during my gap year and even now. Um I started like a little bit of an essay business, so 
whenever anybody needs help with their personal statements or their secondaries, I charge like a super, super low fee because I know that when I was a med student or when I was a, an undergrad student applying, I just needed someone to read my personal statement and medical students are not willing to do that a lot of times. So I really just want to give back and help people get into medical school if they have the passion for it. Yeah, that's really nice of you to do that. And actually, before we end, I was personally curious to know, um, how do you how did you change your study techniques from undergrad to med school? I'm interested to know about that. Yeah, so in undergrad, honestly, I would go to class, I would come back, I would have fun with friends, do my volunteering, and I wouldn't touch my schoolwork um, from that day until like a week before the test. Um, Because we didn't have cumulative finals in undergrad, we usually had like, Mm-hmm. Um, like midterms throughout it, it wasn't like you had eight weeks of material to take on one test and so I kind of just waited I would take the two weeks of class and then I would review it and then take the test but here in medical school we have eight weeks of information sometimes that we have to do on one singular test and that test is worth like 70 percent of our grade mm-hmm. and so it's a lot if you just wait till the last week yeah so right. what I've started doing is I do a first pass of the lecture. And since everything's online, I usually double speed it or 1.5 speed it, whatever um, Mm -hmm. that professor, you know, however quickly that professor speaks. Mm -hmm. And um, so I get a singular pass and I don't really learn the information that much then. And then the same day I go through the lecture again and I don't watch it again, but I go in depth and look through the PowerPoint again, because in medical school, we don't have textbooks. Okay. Everything is based on the lectures and they teach as if they're teaching for the board exams. Okay. So everything that we learn is like fair game on boards. And so you, it's really just building up. And so you have to study every single day. And if you right. don't, you fall behind. Right. So really my, the, what changed was just studying every single day mm-hmm. and learning to keep up that momentum. That's actually, that's, that's pretty good advice. And I think we might implement it into our studying techniques as well. Yeah. I think it helps to go over everything after class and then definitely don't wait until last minute. That's never helpful for anyone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but Anki is a really good app. Um, You can download it onto your computer for free, I think. And you can make flashcards and it has an algorithm where it helps you um, see those certain flashcards, depending on how well you know it or not. And so you study it every single day and it'll show you the cards that you don't know as well. So it's kind of um, active learning, but you don't have to think about what you don't know. It just knows for you what you don't Mm -hmm. know. So it's been really helpful, helpful for a lot of medical students. I don't personally like it that much because I think it's kind of boring. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm more of a visual learner rather than just clicking flashcards. Yeah. Um, But I would say at least like 70% of the people in my class use it and love it. So it's something to look into. That's a good resource to know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll share the link to that on in the description for this. Yeah, and we also share the links of everything like what Shalini mentioned earlier, her Instagram, Facebook, and the email. Uh, if anyone wants to reach out to her, I'm pretty sure Shalini will be really happy to help out. <laughs> yeah, Thank you again, sure. Shalini, for taking out time to talk to us. And I think it'll be really useful for all our listeners here. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm here to help anytime. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye.